This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. This is a shareable mini episode where I ask the guest 10 important big questions, and they have to answer them as fast as they possibly can. I call it Think Fast. Welcome back to Think Fast. My name is Jeff Gibbard, and I am the host of today's episode. And I have with me here today, Neil Sahota, and he has agreed to be my guest on Think Fast, where I'm going to ask 10 rapid fire questions. Now, Neil, the rules are simple. You don't have to answer fast, but you have to think fast. So I'm going to ask you a question. And what I want is for you to uh, tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You can take as much time as you want after that to explain your answer, but I want your, your instinctual reaction answers to the different questions. I don't want you to sit and hem and haw over it. I want you to think fast, say it fast, and then you can take your time to explain it. Does that all sound good? Sounds like a challenge, but a lot of fun, man. Let's rock and roll. I feel like you can do it, man. I feel like you do think fast. So here's the first question. What book should everyone read next? Can't say your own book and you can't say mine. Oh, that's too bad. They're both great books, Jeff. But if we're going to exclude those two, then I'm going to roll with The Geography of Thought. It's a fascinating book that actually looks at how different cultures actually perceive the world. And so like, you know, it was, it's been kind of an eye opener for me and helped actually shape my career and realizing that we all have different perspectives and understanding those perspectives actually helps us cultivate relationships. I love it, dude. That's awesome. Man, that's my list. All right. Second one, what's your favorite podcast? And as much as you would like to say it, you can't say shareable. <laughs> Man, you're, you're making it tough, Jeff. Well, if it's not shareable, uh, you know, the United Nations actually has a podcast called Artistic Intelligence that I just find quite fascinating. And so it's actually the synergy of AI art towards the sustainable development goals. So I can actually use uh, the three together. So think about sustainability as the goal, technology as the tool, but how do you influence people? How do you get them to change their behaviors? Well, art's a powerful way to do that. And they dive right into that. I love it, man. That's a really good one. Add that one to my list as well. Uh, what negative experience in your life are you the most happy that it happened to you? Happy or grateful? Negative experience like recent? Could be any throughout your life. It's a negative experience that you're glad in retrospect that it happened. Oh, there, there's unfortunately a lot to choose from, Jeff, but I will actually go with something more recent, which is during the pandemic. Uh, you know, I work with uh, a lot of companies and they're all struggling big and small with uh, employment. So trying to retain their employees and hire people. And it, it's, it's funny because you always talk about cultivating a team spirit and stuff like that. Uh, I've actually had some rather, call it, what's the word here, um, heated discussions about having team members on websites and things like that. And well, can you actually retain some of these people? You don't have enough necessarily cash to do so. And so it's this has become really more of a, a, a people discussion and making the hard choice about there are people you don't want to let go, but you can't keep them anymore because you're just getting better offers. And I think it's really helped me understand. We always talk about uh, people are the most important asset, just how important that really is. So even though it was difficult, it helped give you an even greater appreciation for the people on the team? It, it did. And sometimes you have to learn that sometimes as much as you want to keep a person, you have to let them kind of fly off somewhere else for a better opportunity. That's rough, man. 
All right. Well, what's a lesson that you wished you learned earlier in life? <laughs> the lesson I wish I learned earlier in life was actually the uh, power of networking. So when I was actually uh, undergrad in college, I uh, actually worked for the uh, continuing education department. And so those classes actually taught by people that were like, you know, managers and directors of these companies. And I'd see them, you know, all the time and we'd chit chat before class started. And I'll never forget that, the, you know, cause I got to know these guys over a couple of years. They're like, hey, when you graduate, if you need help finding a job, call me and gave me their business card, right? Never thought twice about it, threw it in some corner, never realized what that really meant. Then mm. I actually had built an incredible network without even realizing it and never even tapped it or maintained it. It was not something I would learn the importance of until probably 10 years later. All right. What is the most important skill of the future? Uh, the most important skill of the future is definitely the essential skills. You got to learn how to actually manage and work with people. So that means the collaboration, the communication, the negotiation, the facilitation, you know, the, the resiliency. I know people say, well, isn't that kind of obvious? Well, most of the work in the future is going to be about critical problem solving and creativity. And the only way we're going to come up with like innovation disruption is to actually work with lots of different people, different backgrounds, different perspectives. That's inherently ripe with conflict. So if you're not good at those like essential or soft skills, you're not going to be very successful in the future. I love it. It's a great answer. And the one that um, I've gotten on that more than anything is empathy, uh, which I think speaks to that. Um, and, and especially when we start looking at, um, and you working in AI, uh, I'm sure you can appreciate that as more and more things get technologized, uh, the need for human connection and, and those sorts of skills is going to be ever increasing. Which leads me to my next question, which is what industry or career path do you think has the most promising future or potential? The most interesting, I think, and I don't think people realize this is actually the arts. Go on. <laughs> um, I think an MFA, Master of Fine Arts, will actually become more important than an MBA. Because when you talk about what the future holds, well, the careers are going to be oriented around creating an experience, about motivating and influencing people, about creative thinking. That's what actually art does. And I think that all of us will need to actually get more into the art side. We don't have to become artists. We're all going to need the, those kind of core foundational skill sets to be successful in pretty much any job we may do in the future, as well as any relationship or, you know, kind of people connection we're going to do. I also uh, would imagine that those are going to be the hardest to replicate by technology in the early stages, at least. 100%. We, we don't know. We can teach AI things we can commoditize. No one knows how to commoditize creativity. Um, all right. What's one thing that everybody listening to this episode should go and do today? It has to be something that they can either start and complete today, or it has to be something that they can at least start today and uh, finish in a reasonable period of time. So what's one thing they should go and do today? One thing I think they can do is go and find their micro action to help fight climate change. Yes. I'm a big believer that there's one thing, one small thing everyone is willing to do. We just never give it enough time. And whether that's I'll bike to work once a week or I'll adopt a house plant or office plant, there's I'll cut one minute off my shower time. There's one small thing we're all willing to do 
the thing is, if we all do that one micro action, and it doesn't seem like much, but in the aggregate, it actually moves the needle. So find that micro action. Love it. All right, man. What's one real life figure or fictional character that you identify with? And why do you identify with them? <laughs> I have to go fictional. I have to yes. say Tony, Tony Stark, man. Boom. That's a good one. I like that one. All right. So why do you identify with Tony Stark? Well, you know, I, I don't know if this is true, but my better half, she claims I'm, I've kind of got the, the wry sense of humor like Tony Stark has, especially about life. And she thinks I'm a genius. I'm, I'm, I'm probably smart. I don't know about genius. But I like to think outside the box, you know, I do like to be a little goofy. There's definitely some elements of Tony Stark in me. Okay. Rocking, man. I love it. All right. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. One superpower? Well, I would probably want Wolverine's healing factor. All right. That's a good one. I've played a lot of sports in my life, especially a lot of extreme sports. And I've suffered a lot of injuries. And, uh, well, you really feel it when you're older. And that, that yeah. healing factor really coming handy. <laughs> right on. So let me ask you this. What would you give up? What would you sacrifice in order to have that superpower? What would you be willing to sacrifice? Uh, probably a lot. Like uh, I would love, uh, sushi is my favorite food. I would give that up forever if I had a healing factor. That is a, when my wife listens to this episode, she is not going to believe what you just said. That is a <laughs> bold statement, my friend. All right. I got one last question for you. This is the big one. It's, uh, it's the snap question. So you seem like you're familiar enough with uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm sure you've seen Endgame. So you're familiar with the Infinity Gauntlet. You know that with those six stones in the Infinity Gauntlet, if you were to have such a gauntlet and, uh, and, and were to snap your fingers, pretty much anything could happen. Anything in the world that you could imagine is possible. But unlike Thanos or the Hulk with our super strength that would allow them to sustain such a massive event, most mortals, they're not going to be able to survive that. But the impact of the snap will still be felt. So I have this infinity gauntlet and I'm willing to offer it to you. First question is, would you take it? And if you do take it and snap your fingers, what happens after you snap? Uh, Well, I will take the gauntlet. I'm putting it on right now. I'd snap my fingers. And I would actually want everyone to be more empathetic. So I don't believe in that just solving everyone's problems for them is going to change their behaviors to sustain that. But I think that if we all understood each other a little bit better in their situation, it would make a huge difference. I, I always like to think about, you know, someone cuts you off and you hate that, right? You cut someone off, you always have a good reason for that. Like, oh man, the kid's in the hospital, I got to race over there. The other driver doesn't know that, but if we all kind of had a little better insight about what's going on with each other, I think we could really, really change the dynamic of the world. Okay. I am surprised you didn't say just solve climate change. You, you, you know, I could boom, solve climate change, but what would that mean, Jeff? I mean, you got to change the behavior. So mm, are you changing fair. people as a result against their will? I, I don't know. Ah, that's a lot, probably of, a lot of thorny ethical questions. <laughs> I think this is a, like, soon as we uh, stop hitting record, we'll both go get a glass of bourbon. We'll sit, we'll talk about this. It'll be great. Love it. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. This has been another episode of Think Fast. I've been your host, Jeff Gibbard. You've been my guest, Neil Sahoda. And uh, I guess this episode has been shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy Shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. 
One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, Shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you could support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.